Welcome to What We Give, a podcast that highlights the remarkable ways people are contributing to their community. I'm John McKay, the Member of Parliament for Scarborough-Gilwood. Today's show features Imam Abdul Hai Patel and Zulifkar Hayathiani, two of my friends from the Ansar Foundation. It's an organization that addresses homelessness and poverty in Toronto. Imam Abdul Hai Patel is a founder and trustee of the Ansar Foundation, and Zulifkar serves as the current president. I was pleased to learn more about how their organization is making a difference in Scarborough Gilwood. Here's our conversation. So, Abdul, hi. Uh, I think actually your chief claim to fame is that you're Zubair's father. Is that correct? <laughs> now I'm introduced as his father. Zubair. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Now the uh, in joke the here. Like, before I introduce him as my son. Now I'm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. Um, the in joke here is Zubair worked for Prime Minister Trudeau in Prime Minister Trudeau's office, and um, and uh, so um, that's the way in which we've uh, known each other. But uh, Abdul Hai, even though I know you well, um, you've been a mom for fifty-two years. Tell me a bit about um, uh, what uh, kind of work you've done and um, and uh, your 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 background. Well, I came to Canada in 1969 as a student hmm. to study engineering. Didn't yeah. come here as an imam and then go back to uh, my home in beautiful island of Barbados where my family had settled. My father had been settled there from 1934, actually. You're from Barbados. I didn't know that. Well, I, was, I was born in India. You're born in India, but you're from Barbados. Because my father moved to the Caribbean in 1934. Yeah. And then from 19, first he settled in Trinidad for 13 years, and then he moved to Barbados in 1948. <laughs> so, uh, I think Barbados is is the most beautiful island in the Caribbean. You can say that again, the beaches yeah. especially. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. The only other beaches compete with Barbados is Virgin Islands, I think. <laughs> yeah. So what, what, what happened? Did you lose your mind to, lo- to move to Canada? Well... <laughs> <laughs> Dave, I, I, you can say that again. People yeah. have asked me what I'm doing here in this cold weather. Yeah. Well, I said that uh, new adventure. I was going mm. to U.S. actually, uh, and Boston. Mm. Then it didn't work out with Boston University. So then I focused on Canada. I said, okay. And at that time, one of my neighbor's family had moved just a, a couple of years before that uh, to Toronto. So my one of my friend, I would say, from that we grew up together, he was also belong to that family. And I said, okay, let me when he came back and let's say, say, yeah, come to Canada. It's a good place. So I said, all right, I'll brave the. Uh, I knew the geography of Canada very well because that was one of my subjects in the high school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, so you came here. They came here to study uh, to study engineering, engineering. at, at U of T. Yeah, pardon. Mm. At U of T. No, first I went to Radio College, and then York University, so Lawrence College, University of Windsor. Also, I studied the conflict resolution and navigation yeah. as well. So I got, I mean, not just engineering, but I worked my life in uh, electronic engineering field for the last twenty-five years more in IT. Really? Uh, what is now different Ontario Hydro. 
well, here I here I thought I knew you, when in fact uh, I I didn't know all of this about your background. But so not only do we have one engineer on the program, we we have two engineers on the program. So for those of you who are mathematically challenged, uh, we've got Zulevkar um, Hayathiani, um, who's with us as well, who's also, if you will, a founder of um, the um, uh, Answar Foundation. So um, where did you study your uh, engineering, uh, Zulevkar? So similarly, uh, like uh, uh, Imam Patel, uh, I have... Uh, uh, I come from Kenya, and I'm born in Kenya, uh, and I came to Canada in 93 uh, mm -hmm. uh, uh, to enhance my studies. In So I was in Sheridan College, so I've done my electronics engineering from Sheridan College, uh, and I'm actually continuing my education right now uh, as uh, in with Athabasca University. Uh, really? Yes. Athabasca, so, that's in Alberta, isn't it? Correct. Online. So trying to yeah. continue on, uh, as we say that uh, you're never too old to study. So continuing to pursue uh, studies in management. And uh, so, you know, coming here uh, from Kenya, it was very different. Uh, it was but again, Kenya is a gorgeous country. Oh. My goodness. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it was actually it was interesting because uh, having heard all the time that you know uh, the north when you go the days are long you know the nights are short during summer, and um, in Kenya we only know that there is uh, twelve hour you know the day um, you see the sunset at six o'clock in the evening seven o'clock, mm -hmm. and that's it you know the day doesn't go any further than that. And when I first landed here, it was like the day is not ending. Uh, you know, it was completely different experience. Uh, well, speaking of sunrise and sunset, it must be much easier to do uh, Ramadan during um, in Kenya than it is in Canada because of the uh, the time difference. So it's a solid twelve hours. Yes. Hours. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. Exactly. It's and uh, so uh, it was very different experience. Uh, but again, it was uh, a unique experience uh, to to call it and uh, looking at it, uh, you know, with the, the guidance of uh, Imam Patel and uh, other friends. Uh, uh, it's been a pleasure uh, having had that opportunity to be part of uh, Ansar and uh, start working with with him. Mm -hmm. Well, um, let's let's talk about that foundation. Um, I should have said at the beginning, uh, Ramadan Mubarak to both of you, um, but this is um, uh, a Muslim-inspired uh, foundation. Um, I don't. I assume that you serve uh, clientele that are um, not only Muslims but others as well. So, um, either one of you, uh, do, tell me about the um, uh, Ansar Foundation and where it's located and uh, what it does. I can uh, speak to that, Shalom. Uh, yeah, it started the Ansar Foundation uh, established back in uh, 2002 or three, going back, it's been that many years. Right after 1 1, when we saw the uh, Muslim community come under uh, scrutiny, how people are, everyone started looking at Muslim community who are there, what they want. And after 9 1 1, mm. we had 
lot of uh, invitations from uh, many churches to speak, synagogues and other faith communities. They say, tell us how we can improve our religion rather than uh, reduce the backlash of any that community had. But at the same time, while working in downtown, like I spent most of my life working in downtown Toronto, I was seeing more and more people eating from garbage cans. Like my office was right above the Queen's Park subway station. And there people were eating from garbage cans. And then we had two, three deaths. Uh, people were frozen to death uh, sleeping on the sidewalk in winter. I said, as Muslims, how can we stand watching this happen in our city? Yeah. That you know, people have to go to this, uh, I mean, eat from the garbage cans. So uh, with a couple of friends, uh, myself, uh, we gathered together. We uh, talked. I was living in East. York at the time. Uh, no, I was living here in Scarborough, but uh, my colleague, uh, Michael Prue, the Metro, who was a Metro councillor, later became MP. We uh, spoke to him that how city can help. So we said, uh, yes, city can give you a building. I said, well, we want to address the homelessness. And homelessness with a difference that how not just give them food at breakfast and shelter, but to put them back into the society. So they like the idea, but city to this day has never come up with a building, except that we want we don't want any shelter in the east part of eastern part of the city. We want more in the west or other parts. But again, we had a hard time at that time establishing a, a youth center in uh, on Faith Avenue, uh, kind of a touchstone youth center. And the number mm-hmm. of bees had, of course, so much, but it went ahead anyway. Yeah. So I yeah. said, you can expect opposition anywhere with a shelter, but uh, let's start. And we started mm-hmm. with a feeding the homeless people once a month. Yeah. At the number of shelters downtown, city operated, Salvation Army operated. And we also found a lot of Muslims in the shelter as well as non-Muslims. We had, it is a non-denominational organization, so we never had said that we will be serving one community. What's the significance of the word answer? What's what's answer means helper. Helper. Oh, really? Okay. When the Prophet Muhammad moved to Medina after suffering persecution at the hand of the pagans in Mecca, he was welcomed by the community there, and they were called Ansar, the helpers. Oh, really? Okay. Who okay. housed them? All the immigrant uh, refugees from Mecca over hmm. there shared their houses, properties, everything. So you so you got set up in the in the Flemington community well, area. We operated in virtual office, volunteers buying food from uh, uh, restaurants, food outlets, and serving in uh, boxes. Sometimes two hundred, sometimes five hundred, depending on the need and shelters. And uh, well, we uh, heard about uh, ten years ago. We also heard about the Flemington Food Bank about to close. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Red Cross operated for 30 years and then Anglican ministry took over for a few years and they couldn't manage. It was closing. So the word went out in the community that like I lived in Thornclay Park for a number of years. So I still had a good connection in that area. Mm-hmm. A couple of our people also lived in there. So then we said, uh, if, how can we save the food bank? So we... Uh, Gathered, uh, uh, I will be concerned. Foundation was one of the organization, and the Thorncliffe Mosque, these two smiley foundations, uh, the Anglican Ministry in Thorncliffe Park and Flemington Park, 
and the um, Pentecostal church in some and the Flemington. Six of us came together, put some money up forward, and start running their food bank again. Really? Ansar was the main management in the food bank. For seven years, we carried out, but lack of commitments from board members and resources uh, that we couldn't continue. So Ansar got out of it, but the food bank also ran into a lot of debts, but it was saved by a couple of benefactors, and that is still going. But we opened another office beside it to continue serving the food and expanded the mandate more now to seniors' needs. We were having uh, 20, 25 seniors come on a weekly basis, mostly Afghan seniors, to socialize and teach them computer skills as well as uh, ESL language over there. Now, because since the pandemic broke out, and before that, we also took the initiative to open another office in Scarborough for health promotions, mm. especially mental health. And we had organized a mental health forum as well before the pandemic broke out. We, can, we haven't been able so this, to... So this would be about 2017, 2018, somewhere in there? Yeah. Mm. And uh, this uh, office now, we, are in, so we had to close the Flemington office because under public health guidelines, we couldn't use it. Oh, I see. Yeah. People can't gather with social distance, observe No, no of course. So now no. we have the office right in your constituency. Yeah. That, uh, is, so you're you're located now at um, Lawrence and Markham area, what I understand. Yeah, east of yeah. Markham. And it's in a medical center. And I said that fits well because our motto of health promotions among yeah. seniors <laughs> women and youth. Yeah. Yeah, you're staying on the right side of. So you're, I, I'm pretty sure I, I can visualize the building just one block east of Markham Road on the north side. Yeah, there, there yeah. used to be a restaurant there before. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, Lefkar, how are so? How did you get involved in in uh, this foundation? So, I was involved in uh, with originally when Ansar uh, organized work uh, uh, for the homeless uh, upon its inception in Toronto, uh, way back in two thousand and three, two thousand and four, uh, as a volunteer. Uh, so uh, uh, that was the time which uh, I started. Uh, uh, getting involved in the activities. And uh, thereafter, I moved uh, for a short while to Waterloo, uh, where I was uh, with BlackBerry. And then I went, I came back and returned back to Toronto. And then uh, I was uh, requested by Imam Patel to join in as a youth leader. Uh, he's, on the he's board. a very persuasive guy, isn't he? Yes, yes. <laughs> so as soon as he, he came to know I'm here and back again. So I was on the board uh, uh, as a youth leader. And uh, as, as things uh, progressed and uh, moved on, I got the opportunity to take the lead. And uh, as, as uh, Imam Patel has mentioned, uh, you know, we had the office, we started the programs in uh, the Thorncliffe area. Uh, but unfortunately, due to the circumstances, uh, at the same time, when we opened the office here in uh, Scarborough, we have not actually done an official opening ceremony of the office. We were planning to do on the day the first shutdown happened. Oh, that's bad timing. Hey. So, so that that is still on 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 the uh, on the schedule of uh, to do events uh, that we have to officially open and uh, get known but uh, the need arised uh, among among the community uh, where uh, due to covid uh, a number of uh, 
people lost their jobs, families started struggling, and uh, we started thinking on uh, how how to how to approach this. And uh, we were approached by a group of people in Thorncliffe because of our history in our roots there. Uh, that uh, you know, if we can work together and uh, plan out and started looking after those families, and that's how. Uh, we started our Adopt a Family program where uh, uh, individual sponsor can sponsor for $100 a meal for a family of four uh, that can uh, approximately last for, uh, for four weeks or a month. Hmm. And um, so these uh, would be basic foodstuffs, I would think. Ba- basic food, foodstuffs that would keep them going. Uh, yeah. And uh, at the same time, we got good support uh, with the government of Canada, uh, the COVID funding, uh, which helped us boost. Uh, currently, we do every month, uh, we, we have been uh, delivering about 130, 140 hampers uh, to 130, really? 140 right. families. Right, right in around the Markham Lawrence area or further as field? So we are spread out to um, uh, Markham, Lawrence area, and Anton Cliff. So we split and, okay. and exactly. So we we distribute uh, uh, the hamper program hampers. Uh, at the same time, we were also uh, looking at how how we can help the youth out uh, because it it became a, a, a you know an issue with the youth staying a lot at home. So we had our first uh, uh, virtual summer camp uh, last year, uh, mm-hmm. which we had uh, uh, even registrants from out of Canada, uh, really? uh, because because it was a virtual event. Which yeah. and, and that said that how much of a need is there for for such because when we are talking of lockdown, we have seen uh, lockdown not only being in Canada; it's been affecting the world, uh, yeah. and and it's affecting all the families around around the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the need is there. Uh, simultaneously, we had uh, uh, after the success of uh, the uh, the summer camp when the school opened, we decided to hold every week uh, on Saturdays. We hold a virtual homework club where if students uh, have any issues with their work at school, especially with online studying, it's it's not easy. To, to concentrate and have that. So we we have every Saturday we provide that service online virtually. Yeah, uh, I was just I was just talking to a friend of mine whose two children are at home and and his six year old was giving him all kinds of grief and uh, and he, he was basically saying I can't take this anymore. I cannot take this anymore. So any relief you can give to uh, parents will be, I'm sure, will be very welcome. Uh, but um, both of you, both of you are really serious Muslims. You know, you take the faith seriously, and um, and this is an expression of your faith. So um, tell me uh, how it is that you weave uh, in this actual practical expression your understanding of Islam. How do you mean that uh, we, this is a guiding force in any observant Muslim's life or for any other faith for that matter, whatever faith they may belong to, faith guides them. And uh, the scriptures say that, uh, right, in fact, I was in a Zoom meeting with I have by uh, every two weeks meeting with Australia 
Christian prayer leaders uh, and from other parts, US, uh, Indonesia, Bangladesh. And today we were talking about the message of the Bible. Mm -hmm. And yeah. the, uh, Jesus uh, said that Bible is said in the way. Mm -hmm. They explained what uh, uh, Christ means and what Ian means. So, and the Quran also says uh, in the opening chapter that uh, I'm praying God for guidance. Show the way, yeah. show the right way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Religion has been a force for guidance for many people. And we, yeah, when I came to Canada, there were about a thousand Muslims here in Toronto, in my estimation. Mm -hmm. A number of them were not so much concerned on faith, but there were also a few people, although the history of Muslim settlement in Barbie, in Toronto goes back to about 1911 when Muslims from the Balkan countries, yeah, <laughs> the former probably. Yugoslavia, that yeah. was the country then. And they had settled in Toronto and they were the pioneers, I would say, established the first mosque here. Yeah. In uh, 1957, there. So that and 61, actually, yeah. 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 And then uh, so here there was one mosque, and I came as a student, but with my knowledge, I was introduced by my host to the gathering. And uh, since then, I have been serving as a volunteer imam. Yeah. It helped me to uphold my old faith, coming as a, in a young age. <laughs> I would well, say. it's interesting. You have been like, an exemplar of. Uh, of interfaith dialogue and you know from a yeah. christian from a christian standpoint uh, there's two commandments uh thou shalt love the lord thy god with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might and the the second is like unto it that thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself yeah. and and indeed what you are doing uh with the ansar foundation is you are loving your neighbor as yourself and um and uh, mitigating some of the real serious effects of the pandemic yeah, well, Prophet Muhammad, peace uh, be upon him, is saying that uh, that person is not among us whose neighbors go hungry. Mm. Mm -hmm. So yeah. that's why that motivated us, prompted us to start uh, something that to look after the homeless, especially those yeah. are, and other in need of poverty. You now, the pandemic has uh, sort of uh, increased the poverty level in the, the city to such a level in the country, for that matter. People have lost jobs. They were making good uh, money, but now no money to pay rent. And just I heard uh, last week that one family in Thonkley Park was received eviction notice and had to appear before the uh, tenants board right, right. to do that because uh, they lost the job and couldn't pay the rent for four months. So this is the kind of need that is now unseen by many people. Well, it's it's a strange pandemic that way because um, there are there's a certain percentage of people who are doing very well um, and have uh, adjusted and adapted um, quite well to the pandemic, and and others have just literally fallen off the cliff. Uh, what was a modest but secure life um, has become um, uh, very insecure. Both in housing and in and in work as well. Yeah. I'm I'm assuming Zilifkar that uh, you're making similar observations of the people that you're serving. Yes, yes, it's it's actually uh, uh, a lot has been divided, uh, especially for those who are going out to work, who are working in the uh, in the service industry, and that's that's where right. it's it's really affected. Uh, and that's those are the vulnerable uh, population that is there, and and that's where the the support is really needed. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And then there is the mental health that is increasing and 
spreading like fire. Many uh, children, mental health among children who are not in the school, among adults, both men and women, and senior isolation. So we had some funding also, I think, from the federal government, right, Zulfika? Yeah. Yes, and doing so, we have four videos that are on our website. I think, yeah, that we also use on mental health. Yeah, that is the hidden pandemic, isn't it? Um, the um, uh, the mental health of people is like my friend uh, just going crazy with his kid. Um, and and uh, if you were in one of those uh, small apartments uh, across the street from where you're located, um, and you had two or three kids in that apartment, I can I can imagine that any any even uh, if you will quote unquote normal person's mental health would be taxed by. Um, by that um, reality, absolutely, and 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 looking at that whole aspect of it, so not only what we we are looking at serving and uh, uh, providing the feeding needs of the people, we also have a helpline uh, for mental health where we don't provide the professional service, but we can guide people to where the services are available. Uh, And uh, we have that uh, because of the funding that we received, we were able to set up uh, and also look at the videos uh, that we released on the website because as you say, this is a hidden a hidden uh, effect which we do not know yet. We do not know what will be the after effect once everything goes back to normal. And that's when, uh, you know, as we said right now, the the focus is on on the pandemic itself. As the mm-hmm. pandemic goes down, the other effects will start coming up, right? And that's where uh, mental health issues will be. So we need to be prepared for that and we need to be addressing that. Uh, similarly, we are organizing uh, 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 workshops for people on how, how to spring back to work. Uh, in uh, helping them organize. So this coming week, we'll be starting our uh, workshops for uh, helping people to get back into the job market, looking for how to look for jobs, where to look for jobs, improve on their uh, resumes. Because as we are doing uh, a wonderful job of getting the vaccinations out there uh, and, and, and trying to prepare ourselves as we, op- we will be opening up more and stop preparing them, um, preparing people to spring back into the workforce. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and indeed, um, uh, getting back in the workforce and who knows where the economy goes out of this. Uh, you know, not everybody can be buying a house and and uh, doing all of the crazy things that um, both of you would know uh, a great deal about as far as uh, the roaring hot housing market um it it, which is crazy i mean but it it creates that further division and um one of the things that i've been kind of pleased about in the as a as a member of the trudeau government has been the efforts on the part of the prime minister to start to bridge the gap between those who are um quite affluent and doing well thank you very much and those who are not and um, in Scarborough Guildwood, for instance, um, the Canada Child Benefit has been a huge uh, impact. The, the the largest reduction in poverty in all of Canada, of, of child poverty in all of Canada, has occurred in Scarborough Guildwood. And um, so pre-pandemic. I thought we were affluent. Yeah, we. Well, there are elements of Scarborough Guildwood that are affluent, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, but the people that uh, you serve, they're not. 
Um, and the um, and pre-pandemic, uh, what that meant was about a hundred million dollars a year coming into Scarborough Guildwood for the needs of children. So uh, with a 24% reduction in child poverty over the course of the of the um, number of years that um, that the Canada Child Benefit had been uh, been available. So, you know, I, I have to uh, take hats off to the prime minister because that's been driven by him. Um, and that's had a direct impact on on um, on people in Scarborough Guildwood. And what one fears, though, is that all of the good work of the government of Canada is being offset by the pandemic and driving people back into inequality and economic um, disparities between between peoples. Not a good thing. Well, another important thing that what Ansar has done was work with uh, partners on poverty reduction, like the provincial government, uh, the liberal government, mm. 25 and 5. We also work on that one. Plus, we founded the uh, multi-faith coalition to end homelessness. And that we work on that for the biggest, I would say, achievement, which now the dream come through the national housing strategy. Yeah. yeah. That was in the parliament uh, when Harper prorogued Prolo- the uh, parliament. Yeah. <laughs> and it and it went out with a win. Yeah. So I'm glad that uh, your government has uh, revived that and come up with a national housing strategy. And I'm sure they will come with. Now they have the national child care program, and also soon the national pharma care will be coming. So, well. so we also work with the ISAG Interfaith Social Assistance Coalition to end uh, poverty. This yeah. started during my Harris's time, actually. Uh, then the welfare was cut and the poverty level went higher in the city. So a number of uh, organizations that are working on poverty reduction, we have partnered with and cooperated. As, uh, well, pre, pre-pandemic, I actually thought that there was some progress being made. Um, but I, I, what I worry about is that that progress has been uh, completely dissipated um, during the pandemic. Yeah. I'm going I'm to have to wind this up, because, uh, even though this has been a very interesting conversation and it is very consistent with why we set the podcast up in the first place, namely the you know, people who are giving back to their community. And both of you gentlemen uh, are exemplars in uh, terms of giving back uh, to the community where you live. Um, so uh, before I just wind it up, um, uh, can you, um, uh, if 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 somebody was interested in getting a hold of you, what, how would they get a hold of you uh, in order to be able to participate? How would that happen? So they can get them more information on our website. It's always up to date, uh, www.ansarfoundation.com. Uh, we can also be reached by the telephone line, uh, 416-637-2278. And uh, there's going to be always somebody who is on, who will be answering the phone. Uh, mm-hmm. And we'll always be guiding and uh, giving out if there's any need and we can reach out to them if we can't get that. Yeah, I dare say that in your business, you'll never run out of um, need. There mm-hmm. will always be people in need. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for talking to me. Um, it's very kind of you. And um, and I, I want to say on behalf of the community um, and as the member of parliament for Scarborough Guildwood, um, uh, I wish that uh, our community had 
more of the two of you, um, because that's exactly what we need is people who are willing to uh, help out uh, those who are less fortunate than ourselves. So with that, may I thank you and uh, Ramadan Mubarak. Um, and um, and then uh, maybe this too will pass and we will see the sunrise. So take care. Thank Thanks you. Again. Thanks for listening to What We Give. I'm John McKay. This podcast was produced with the support from Layla Sharif, Janisa Loss, and Amanda Capito. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe to What We Give on your favorite podcast player and leave us a review. 